Hey, Dan, I understand that you played Operation today. <laughs> I think I touched all of the sides of every did single you, yeah. thing. The funny bone? Did you ever touch the funny bone? It doesn't seem uh, like it. Yeah, the light on the front of the Mac Mini lit up and made a really unpleasant buzzing sound, which is not a good <laughs> sign for anything. <laughs> I think I complained to you guys about my Mac Mini last week. Uh, you did. Where one of the drives died. And so, you know, I finally had a had a minute uh, where I could go in and replace it. You, you complain about a lot of stuff. I do. It's true. <laughs> uh, but I decided to do something about it this time, Lex. I wasn't just going to sit by and whinge, as they say. Uh, <laughs> they do I say don't that. understand do that pronunciation, but go ahead. Um. So I bought a new Samsung SSD, and I thought I'll put this sucker in. So I opened up the Mac Mini, which is kind of an ordeal. And the the hard drive, I was hoping there might be a way to do it without like having to remove every single last piece that is in there, uh, because the you hard, can't do it that way. You cannot; it's impossible. Yeah. So I had to you go to all the way it. in yeah. mm-hmm. and remove the uh, solid state drive that I had in there, which was all the way at the bottom slash top of the computer, depending on how you're looking at it. <laughs> that was not bad because I've done that before. It's just time consuming. Uh, I think then, it's the bottom. Yeah, sure. Uh, but but you flip it over. That's the problem. So technically, Wait, it's the top. I, well, I think the bottom should be the bottom when it's and it's you know in its use position. Oh, then it's in the top because okay, in the use position because you open it from the bottom and then you got to remove everything to get to the okay top of the case. Yeah, which is yeah. where the hard drive is. Right. Uh, so I pulled out the drive, I thought, great, okay, I put in the new drive. I was like, oh, this is pretty easy, you know, I'm done in like an hour. Uh, <laughs> put it back together, didn't break anything, uh, turned it on. Actually, my first fun part was turning it on and like nothing happened. I was like, oh, did I break it? And then I forgot that I had unplugged the power cord from the, from the power strip as well as from the back of the Mac Mini. So that was funny. Uh, uh, it booted... Uh, I booted into had to boot into the internet recovery system. Have you used that in a while? It is no, I don't think I've ever used it. Oh, it is shitastic. Um, because among other it's things, it's clearly running. So basically, what it does is it goes online, right? Downloads a copy of Mac OS X from Apple's server. This is why I've never run it. <laughs> it is wow. First of all, it takes forever. Second of right. all, it's mountain lion. <laughs> Like, it has not been updated since Mountain Lion. I guess maybe no. that's because it's, like, the smallest thing that it can... I don't know. Anyways, so it's, like, really old and janky looking, too. Uh, at which point, I was, like... I, I struggled with a bunch of... For one thing, I only have one keyboard and and uh, trackpad. I do have a mouse. But the problem was, for some reason, in the internet recovery mode, it would only work with something f- with the input devices. Physical. Physically connected, so yeah. I had my trackpad and my mouse. I'm literally unplugging in the lightning cable between them because I need them both at various points. <laughs> so that was dumb. Uh, finally, like get the list of drives. I'm like, great. All right, wipe everything and, and like recreate the fusion drive. Um, and then it's having some weird issues. I'm like, oh crap! Well, something's clearly broken here. So I uh, I couldn't find one of the drives. I couldn't find the hard drive, the internal hard drive. I was like, ah, crap, something, you know, something's, something's fucked up. So I, <laughs> was that, was that a professional analysis? Yep. That was my professional analysis. I, un- I basically unplugged everything. I took it apart again to find that. So essentially when you install the dual drive bracket, you put the second drive 
underneath the hard drive. There's like space for it, but there's no bracket for it until you install the extra bracket. Um, and what was happening was because the SSD I think is thinner, the new one was thinner or I had not seated the drive correctly bef- the first time, the mm-hmm. hard drive falls down a little bit and when it right. falls down, it pops its own cord out. <laughs> It's own SSD. Well, usually there's a bracket. There's a bracket for that. There right? is no bracket for that because it screws into like two grommets in the case, and then it screws into <sighs> the top of the like antenna like grating. It's really weird. So okay, All at right. some point it popped out in such a way that I could not like I basically couldn't get back in. So I had to go back in and put in. Fortunately, I had some f- like foam I could use to like as a spacer. So I put that all together again. I boot it up again. I get into... Fortunately, this time, I can boot into, like, normal recovery. Um, and because it's seeing the the hard drive that has the recovery partition on it. Uh, and then I try to recreate the fusion drive. And it gets all the way until the very last step where it's like, Nah, I couldn't wipe that SSD. Like, sorry, error. And it exited. <laughs> so tried a bunch of shit with that. Uh, including starting from like my external hard drive, checking Disk Utilia, I tried Disk Warrior, and just nothing's working. I think that drive is either dead or there's a bad cable in there because it sees it. It's like, yeah, there's a uh, 500 gigabyte drive there, but it can't format it. <laughs> what yeah. was the, what was the motivation for starting this process? I don't think I followed. It broke that. one of the, the other SSD was God. dead. Like so, it was basically reporting itself as 33 kilobytes. <laughs> So that was not <laughs> useful to anybody. 33 kilobytes ought to be enough for anybody. Yeah. I think we made, I think that, we made that exact joke last time. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I made that joke last time. Uh, yeah. But I plugged that into a external hard drive cradle just earlier tonight, the, the old broken one. And yep, it's pretty broken. <laughs> so that one's dead. I meanwhile also found those, like, while I was digging around looking for that hard drive cradle, I was like, oh, I have this SSD, the Samsung SSD that I gave to my dad for his old laptop sitting here, but it's only 120 gigabytes, which is shitty, so fuck that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I gotta pull out that Jeez. another, I gotta go back in, disassemble the whole thing, pull the Samsung SSD, try it in my iMac, see if it's just a weird problem with the mini, or whether that drive is really toast, and if the drive's toast, replace it, and then do this whole thing all over again. So, I should have just bought a new computer, I think is the yeah. <laughs> And sent the old one to me. The problem and... is that the, I mean, like, it's 70 bucks to buy a new drive. I mean, it's like $1,000 to buy a new Mac Mini. Yeah. So, right. it's still more cost effective. It's just my time. But you could get one of the drives seen, right? I can see the internal hard drive, but it's a Fusion drive, so you can't get any data off it. But I could reformat. Yeah, but I mean, but one of the connectors is working, right? I mean, so you could just get, like, some big honking drive for that one connector, right? I could replace it with a much bigger hard SSD. drive. Yeah. I don't know how much I, I mean, want to like do. you can get a 500 gigabyte SSD for like 70 bucks. Right, but I need here's the problem. I'm restoring a disk image that is like 1.2 terabytes. Yeah. So I either need a drive that's big enough. I need like a terabyte and a half of SSD storage. Yeah, which is probably still excessive. Uh, or I need to put in a new Fusion drive for the moment, or I need to go to a spinning disk drive, and the whole impetus was to get off the spinning disk drive because it's so slow. Anyways, I know what I have to do, John. I just don't like that I have to do it. (laughs) (laughs) That is the... Dan, in this this world, there are many things that we have to do that we (laughs) don't like doing. That was my three-hour tour. (laughs) 
Mm. <laughs> Felt like much, much longer. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. I guess I would say that the Mac Mini is probably harder to get into because I did a uh, an iMac, um, and getting the glass off is really I don't like doing that. Yeah, that oh yeah, really that that terrified yeah. me. Because right, I heard what I Lex did, I'm but I chose this. to ignore it. <laughs> I'm definitely going to break this. I didn't break it, but then when I got it back together, uh, the 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 CD drive was the DVD drive wasn't working. Yeah, I mean, uh, it never works right. And and our, our friend of the show, Paul Gafasa, said you you probably just have like something like something's putting pressure on it. And sure enough, I opened it up again. Like I had, when I put it back together, there was a wire laying across the. Yeah the drive so when you push everything back together again it it just pushes it slightly closed enough that it's not gonna take a disc in everything so. the tolerances are so small in they these really products, are right like i'm reading the <laughs> iFixit guide for the breakdown it's like be really careful when you put this back to like route the cables in this way because otherwise it'll like totally you won't be able to four four steps later you'll find out oh crap i should have done that four steps ago and you'll need to like undo everything you just did yeah yeah, I don't know why we ever use computers in the first place. <laughs> I think you're right about that. Absolutely terrible. Well, I've survived this long without having all the data on that Mac Mini, so... What I'm looking forward to someday is um, replacing parts on my foldable smartphone. Mm, I was hoping you might bring that up. <laughs> you know how I am. <laughs> now, see, I am. I I think these are probably the ones. So there's a foldable smartphone announced by Samsung, and then another one announced by Huawei. And I am suspecting that these are probably mostly hard garbage at this point. Um, however, I'm still pretty excited about this. The stuff. Huawei one actually looks pretty slick i have to say it looks like it could be yeah, i'm sure it, i'm sure it works like shit but, but you know i wonder how long they that folding and Tim unfolding Cook's process a few months ago like it should look pretty good it <laughs> could be could be they've been trying to get, get that information but you know as somebody who prefers a smaller phone i wouldn't mind one that folded open yeah no i think except that's... except of course they're never going to ship in the size that i want there's They're going to be big phones unfolding even bigger, into even yeah. bigger phones. <laughs> I've seen some internet hubbub where some people are like, wow, this is so cool and it's exciting. It's the future. And other people are like, no, look at how dumb these are. Like, uh, uh, Hockenberry was pointing out that you, um, you have to unfold it, expand it into the tablet form. If you want to take a picture on the same, right. that, that wasn't actually tablet. true. Oh, well, he's there's a, a, that the Huawei one has a, <laughs> I don't know. There's a there's a, a ledge running down the right side of the back of the phone where the camera is, so it's not the the folded back part isn't as big as the front part. Gotcha. There's I like mean, a I, lip. You there's know, a lip on the back where the camera is. To John's so point, it can take a it can take a picture without being unfolded. Right. I think to John's point, nobody's suggesting that this is like the ultimate evolved form of right. these, these phones. But yeah. the fact that they're yeah. actually producing phones that will be purchasable with folding screens is like <laughs> by some people <laughs> sure i mean step one right speaking personally i'm not dropping 1900 no, but like i mean i don't know i i think i think this is the classic technology evolution yeah. spectrum where it's like it's yeah. expensive and it's clunky but three right. four I mean, we years were just from talking now, about ssds and how like you know you can get a 500 gigabyte ssd now for like right 70 bucks, three, so. three or four years yeah. from now they'll just be clunky they just won't be as expensive <laughs> yeah right um 
I don't know. The, the, again, the, uh, not that I will ever probably buy a phone from Huawei for multiple reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, I'm not probably not going to buy one for either one of them. But 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 it's a it's a cool looking. To, I, and I think the Huawei one looks better than the Samsung one. I agree. Yeah, because the Samsung one. So the yeah the the big screen on the Samsung one is on the inside of the fold, and then they have this like smaller screen on the outside of the phone, which has like huge bezels. Right. Yeah. It's like. I don't think anybody wants that. That's definitely that's definitely the wrong design. How much is the Huawei Mate X, and is it the Mate X or the Mate Ten? Oh, that's a good question. I've only seen it written. I didn't see the uh, didn't sit through the presentation. It's going to be an astounding. Yeah, it's, it's over two thousand bucks. Right, twenty three hundred yeah. euros. Yeah, but it's cool. It's not I don't cheap. Know. They're not, they're I, not I, giving I, them away. I I, I am <laughs> bullish on like the iPhone screens. XR. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I find the idea of foldable screens delightful and like ridiculous and delightful like that combination of it's it's so dumb but it kind of works <laughs> yeah i mean and the key the other thing is like the software has to be able to handle it gracefully and i don't have any confidence that either one of these companies is done. I agree with that yeah, <laughs> particularly that, samsung uh yeah i don't i don't think that that's 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 strong point at this point yeah. you know it's it, they're saleable but they're proof of concepts right right but Which I mean, is okay. I mean, that's that's fine. I mean, I think it's it's cool that they're, yeah. they're shipping something that, right, exactly. that you know like, works. Somebody has to do the first thing. Yeah, right. 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 So there and, and as far as right. the hinge like durability goes, like I have no idea how these will last. But like you know, we all use laptops. Those function on a hinge that you open a lot. So well, except the screen doesn't isn't there. Sure, that's fair. I, I mean, uh, but again, I think it's fairly different. And these are so, and the screens necessarily the coating on the screen has to be plastic, yes. right? So. Yeah. Until there's they, a question until about they how invent I mean, apart, glass. apart from the bending and unbending, there's just like wear and tear on the flat yeah, part of no, the screen. No, I I think again, yeah. I mean that that's the advantage probably of having it on the uh on the inside. It's it's probably less yeah, wear and tear on the right, screen, which but. may be why they did that, but it still looks I mean it looks terrible. Yep. It I doesn't agree. I mean it's and it seems to negate a lot of the the benefit of having a fold around screen. Yeah, I, I do think this will be a thing that you look back on and like like a decade and be like, ah, oh, look how yeah. look how primitive those were, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, let me interrupt the conversation to say one other thing, which is Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of the rebound a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at rebound.robinhood.com. That's rebound.robinhood.com. What up? I feel like folding screens isn't the thing, though. Like, I'm, I think it's cool, and I'm excited about the technology, but I don't think that we're going to be like, look at how much better this folding screen is in 10 years. I think it'll be something else. Like, look how this screen can stretch, or <laughs> look how this screen can project to my eyeball at whatever size I want it to be. But I don't think it'll be, I don't think folding is the thing. Hmm. We don't have folding books. We don't have, you know, like, <laughs> you wouldn't download a car. 
We don't have folding <laughs> books. I'm thinking about this. <laughs> I'm going to push back on that. Yeah, I, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to argue that sure how to most books that. are folded. No, but you don't fold it's like a book It's like either every single book is folded or... <laughs> yeah, like where it depends what you consider a fold, Wags. This podcast is about to fold. That's what I think. <laughs> it's news to me. I was asking you about that earlier. <laughs> how are we doing, Lex? <laughs> <laughs> you assured me everything was fine. <laughs> Believe me. Yeah, I don't know, but it, this is the first. I, I agree, Lex, that you, you know uh, this might not be the thing, but it feels like the first stab at the thing in a while, whatever that is. Yeah, right. Right. Are you Something suggesting else. Dan that it's been a while? <laughs> <laughs> Lex, Lex's Lex's part on this show is like three lines of a PHP script. I, I just. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we will. We will have Lex replaced by Slackbot <laughs> slash Giffy. Hi, everybody. I mean, I, I think the ultimate goal is to make a larger device that is still compact, right? Like a, a way of displaying more information without making the devices so physically, like not yeah. without making the device an iPad that you put, you know, you put in your pocket. Um, yeah. And there's probably a bunch of ways that you can accomplish that, but you know, most of them seem to be a few years off. This this kind of reminds this reminds me. This is a stupid story, but I'm going to tell it anyway because I just just started it. It's just us. But when I was when I worked in like corporate accounting <laughs> years ago, twenty years ago actually, there was the like the CEO of the company. Like everybody said, you can't go into him with like multiple sheets of paper. You have to have like one sheet of paper. And so everybody was scrambling. Everybody, like every time somebody had a presentation that they had to do for him, everybody was trying to get as much information as possible on one sheet of paper. And people were were doing things like, like, well, okay, I can't get it on like a like a regular letter sized sheet of paper, so I'm going to print it on legal. And then we go, wait, no, there's that, there's that, that big printer that's in the on the other floor. I can print it out on like huge sheets of paper and it's like no that's not the point yeah. the point is that he can't like he won't sit through the presentation that long it doesn't matter because <laughs> i went in there with like a big sheet of paper one time and i lost him and so i finally the way i got him was i flipped the sheet of paper over and i wrote three numbers on it and i was like this is what we're looking at it's like okay that i understand <laughs> like sometimes not necessarily about having a bigger screen are you familiar with the concept of a micro dot <laughs> That's what I should have taken. That's on. what you should have been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friends at the NSA probably could have helped us with that. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I understand what you mean. It's funny, too, because I, I notice when I see presentations, for example, right? A lot of people do presentations that where it's like, let me pack as much information as possible onto a yeah. slide. And it's like, well, and it's that's, hard and that to read. The thing with, the Samsung, with the Samsung, their display was like, well, see, now we have like three screens on here. Like there were three, there was like a, big one taken up the left side and then there were two stacked on either side of the other it's like that's not necessarily what i want three is better than one yeah higher number (laughs) i think we can all agree i'm not sure most i'm not sure most people think that that's a problem no that that the multitasking aspect is what they want out of it right i mean yeah there's, there's, I think there are advantages. I mean, obviously, there's reasons people want to use an iPad um, over an iPhone. Yeah, 
That said, as we've discussed before, the iPad's current use of that space is perhaps not optimal. Could be better. How dare you, sir? I I dare. <laughs> I dare. I dare daily. I was I did notice today actually so a couple things. One is um that I notice apps keep changing their names. Uh, Spotify became Spotify Music and Podcasts not that long ago. And then uh, Google Maps is called Google Maps Transit and Food, which is oh, the yeah. weirdest name. I, I don't that. understand it at all. Uh, so I've noticed that. I also want to ask you guys uh, two things that are uh, just what I expect from my iOS devices at this point, And it's not a good thing. Uh, number one. Uh, my iPad can tell me whatever it wants that it's going to update iOS on its own overnight if it's plugged in and connected to Wi-Fi, but it never does unless I do it manually. Oh, the app, update, two, app updates for me. That's it's, yeah. it's like, Number two is the App Store. Yeah. It, it says it's going to do the updates Can we back up? And can, we hold, can we hold on that yeah. thought for a second? Your, your iPad does not update if it's plugged in? It does not update automatically. Like It, it almost always insists that I tap a button to do the update instead. It claims it will, and the next day it's like, oh, hey, really? I failed to install that update. I just I had the problem because I mostly um well, anyway, it's not plugged in most of the night. I, I it's on my nightstand and I don't have a plug for it there. I have the app store playing in, I can't quite tell because sometimes it doesn't have the current badge count. Like the app icon the app store icon will be like, Yeah, there's no updates and I'll go into the app store and I'll tap the update thing and it'll like load and be like, Oh, there's fifty seven updates. <laughs> I'd be like what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. well, you first of all, job. why did you lie to me? Second of all, right. why haven't you installed these? Uh, and I think that, you know, that's probably pretty similar. Whatever. I agree. I, I don't usually leave the updates until overnight. Like, I usually do them while I'm at the desk during the day. So I haven't run into that, but I definitely noticed the app's not updating. Yeah. It's I, I have not noticed either of these recently. As a matter of fact, I feel like this has gotten better. I'm going to check um, right now. So App Store icon, there's no badge. I go in, I click updates, I refresh the updates. I sorry, yes. So it shows happening live, live it showed on the air. Zero listeners. updates, right? It showed the latest app was update, and then I pull down to refresh, and now there are thirty-one updates. <laughs> I get this all the time. Yeah, I yeah. This all, this is, it's, all right, I haven't, I haven't tried that. That's, that's garbage. That's hot garbage. <laughs> it is. Who doesn't like some hot garbage? I, you know, it's it's delicious. Raccoons mm. everywhere. Enjoy it. Yeah, I don't know, Lex. You're right. It's it it sucks. It's I, really yeah, annoying. I, my goal is not to just vent complaints, but I saw other people complaining about these things, and I thought, oh yeah, I've just accepted them, but they are not right. It shouldn't work this way. In theory, right. they should fix it. So my hope for iOS 13: automatic installing of all updates, both OS <laughs> and app. Well, it feels a little bit like because I remember this being an issue where we just showed the badge count, and it would just never seem to update it, and I felt like. For years, that has been a problem. And then I feel like in recent years, they just like suppress the badge until you go in and refresh. Like, ah, then we fixed it. It's like, wait. Yeah, I apparently have 20 updates waiting. Yeah. And it's, I mean, part which of we're not showing, which we're not showing on a badge. Yeah. P- part of it is also that there are so many apps. And yes. I don't know. I have no idea because, like, I can understand why you wouldn't necessarily want updates downloading constantly certainly right like mm. you don't want to be out and about and find like why is my battery like dropped 25 percent? oh you downloaded all these app updates and especially over your your cellular plan too right like apps yeah app updates are often huge another problem um so you don't want it just downloading willy-nilly but i agree there should be a point at which it's like i'm on wi-fi nobody's using me now would be a good time <laughs> to do this 
just putting out another feature request. Uh, there is a dot on apps that have updated mm. uh, that you haven't run yet. And I would like if I 3D touch that app or on my first launch of that app to have an option to see what is new in the app. Unless it's bug fixes and improvement, in which case I would like the developer punched in the face one time. <laughs> Uh, if that's the extent of the app description. But like I go to the app store updates tab just to see what the updates are to my apps, but that's, that's not browsable. That's like, that's a quick skim of, that's like Twitter. (laughs) You can skim it. You can't read every tweet. You can't read every app store update. So I never really know what to do with my apps. You know, know, I, I, Dan and I read every tweet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. No, Mm -hmm. I don't anymore. Mm -hmm. I gave up on that. Uh, but I (laughs) do, I will skim through the update list and just like, are there any apps here that I'm like particularly interested in and will sometimes read the release notes but i agree same problem it it is it's not the best experience there and i really wanted a button there to say uninstall this app (laughs) no i don't use this app anymore i don't need it delete it stop getting updates for it but there's one oh yeah that would probably be good i'm sure i have a crap ton of apps that i don't so many bad but i also i'm I'm not like close to filling up my phone either so right exactly but i just don't like that i'm spending wasting bandwidth and processor time downloading updates for apps i don't use true that's That's a that's a good point that i had not considered actually so i I guess i maybe i'm just like i'm not as attuned as i used to be to um i'm not waiting i'm well i'm not sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for app updates like i used to be well i mean give me that sweet sweet app update (laughs) daddy needs his app update (laughs) put him right in my veins i'm I'm glad that you're clean john is what i'm saying (laughs) i no i mean methadone (laughs) it used to be you would wait for app updates because it's like oh it will enable me to do this thing that i couldn't do before whereas now right now i can do everything yeah what is there that you cannot do well it seems like i mean like the one thing that i have in the last 10 years have used a lot of is twitter and been like very fairly focused on it and i'm actually getting back into twitter by the way um which i should probably say on this show since i was very vocal about leaving but um the uh, and the only thing that's happened in the recent updates to the Twitter apps that I use is that features have been taken away because Twitter right, has closed the APIs. Yep. yep. Uh, well, I, have I don't a, exactly sit there waiting for those updates. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, I have a Twitter recommendation that I'd like to share with the class. Oh. But first, one other piece of business. Uh, listen, you can, I'm close with Dan and John. But I, if I ask John, hey, could you bring by some beer at 5 p.m.? Or if I'm asked, Dan, could I have uh, a sushi and a burrito at 9? They're not delivering. Postmates, on the other hand, is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, or whatever you can think of delivery service. Not like John and Dan, who aren't those things. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is, because Postmates will deliver anything to you within the hour, 24 hours a day, 365 days per year. They are the largest on-demand network in the known universe, with more than 25,000 partner merchants. Oh! It's now 25,002. Just download the app for iOS or Android for free, browse local restaurants and businesses, and track your delivery for a limited time. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app right now and use the code REBOUND. That's code REBOUND for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Get anything you need, anytime you need it. Download Postmates and save with the code REBOUND. There's a Twitter bot that I started following recently, and it's a game and it is dumb, and it is hilarious, and I turned on Twitter notifications so I would know every time this stupid bot posted. Oh, my God. Uh, and it is called Endless Jeopardy. It is called I Live in Russia. <laughs> have you have you guys seen Endless Jeopardy? Are you familiar with this? Oh, Endless Jeopardy? I think yeah. I saw somebody retweet it. So Endless Jeopardy, at Endless Jeopardy, is a bot that every 
random interval of time comes up with a new goofy answer using various AI stuff. And uh, you submit questions for the next 15 minutes. Your answer must be in the form of a question. And the based on the number of faves, at, at the end of the 15 minutes, the bot will tell you if your answer was correct or how much money it won. And it is stupid and silly and ridiculous. And it just makes me laugh so much. Because if I don't have a good answer and you just look at the replies, somebody has a funny answer. And then it will retweet the funniest answer or the most liked answer. And it's just, it's dumb. I think I saw it from Andy Bio. Mm. And... I think that's how you say his last name. And it just made me laugh so much. So I've been thoroughly enjoying Endless Jeopardy. And my phone buzzes. I'm like, oh, important thing. Uh, and then I'm like, it's, oh, it's, no, not. it's Endless Jeopardy. It is not. It's unimportant. The, the most what is an post, anteater? The most recent post from Endless Jeopardy as we record this is the answer. In Sacramento, it's illegal to mesmerize this. <laughs> and, uh, it's so dumb. And then there are like hilarious answers that people submit, and it makes me laugh. So that is my that's my pick for the week. <laughs> oh, we're doing picks. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll mm. check that out. I don't really do the Twitter bot thing that much, but it sounds like a compelling use case. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It Doesn't is. It? What it's. I think the only Twitter bot I knowingly follow because of its botness, but mm. I enjoy it. Mm. Did you want to talk about that smartphone with the huge honking battery? I I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> So I thought it's it was a, crazy. I thought it was a Photoshop, which is the reason I sent it to you guys. It looks <laughs> like somebody to the link it, Dan posted is this is what a smartphone with an eighteen thousand milliamp hour battery looks like. It, it looks like a portable hard drive from nineteen ninety seven. It looks like yeah. a Game Boy. It looks like a Game Boy. It looks way bigger than a Game Boy. Yeah, I think it does look bigger than a Game Boy, but uh yeah it's, well it, I, yeah. I had to laugh because it was the moment where everyone's like just make the iphone thicker so it has a larger battery it's like you know what here enjoy this is what you get big battery phone uh it is hideous i like yeah. it all right we're getting one for lex okay i'm gonna write a story for MacWorld. my month with the energizer phone <laughs> <laughs> All of my pockets have ripped. I developed carpal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> yeah. With that phone, you do not need a day phone and an iPhone. <laughs> That's true. You don't need any Just other the devices. One Reminds me of that famous song, Day Phone. Oh, <laughs> me say day phone. Bleep, bleep. <sighs> that was yeah. part of the song. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that version. <laughs> it's the Bleep Bloop remix. remix. I, I asked in our little back channel if we can talk about a device that I know all of us have. I was told, yes. we, I was told we can. <laughs> so, secret device. Uh, so the Cavo, which we've talked about before. I think we can disclose. Yes, if we're I think we must, oh, we must yeah, we have to. I would have that to, yeah. They, Cavo is hoping to get podcasters to talk about them, and so they sent many podcasters, including the three of us, Cavos. Uh, and I, we talked about it on the show, and Cavo is like a set-top HDMI splitter that can take up to four HDMI devices, has its own interface on top of it, and you can use speech to control it and say like, hey, watch uh, Netflix and it'll flip to the right input if you have an Amazon Fire Stick or an Apple TV or a Roku or whatever it finds that it thinks is the right source for Netflix and switch to that for you and do the things. Uh, and we have mixed experiences with it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I um, I think you guys seem to have much more positive on the whole experiences than I did 
And I, the funniest part, of course, being that I set it up and then I left it. I had to go do a podcast. And so I had not told my fiance that I changed everything about the way we use the television. <laughs> that will definitely color your impression. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm just barely alive. Um, <laughs> you son of a... But I also had a lot of... I think this maybe. I think it's just not for me. Is that it's not for my setup. I think from the way my setup currently works, it is overkill. Like I can see the utility to this, and if I'd had it a few years ago when I was using like a Fire TV and an Apple TV, uh, then I can totally understand where the advantage of this comes in. But these days, I get everything through the Apple TV, and so effectively, this only just it basically just adds another layer on top of the Apple TV. Which just makes everything more complicated. Um, and I hmm. can't... There are things that... like I like that it has the voice interface thing, but there are things that Siri does that I really find useful on the Apple TV. And so I have to invariably pull out my Apple TV remote to use those. Um, yeah. And that that's a bummer. And, and that's a limitation of Apple. Like I wish there was an API that right. third-party remotes could link into because right. I would be there for that. Um, the other issue, as I mentioned... And this is maybe more particular to me, but also if you're a gamer, I had the Xbox running through it, and the Xbox does it introduces a very small amount of lag, somewhere in the order of 30 milliseconds, which for many things is totally unnoticeable. But if you happen to play FPS games, you'll know that latency is like a serious issue. And I was here, just playing. Here, Dan is playing, p- blaming his poor <laughs> FPS. But game like I'm playing l- on the comic. I literally would. He loses a marriage here. <laughs> <laughs> but I like move the crosshairs on this, you know, first-person shooter I'm playing, and it like it takes a noticeable amount of time before it moves. Um, and as it just felt very sluggish in that department so i was like well i could unplug the xbox and just plug that directly in the tv and like now it's literally just running between the apple tv and the television there's nothing to be gained from that yeah i'm mostly i mean i'm mostly using it as like a universal remote at this point um and i think it's very good at that and i have not we haven't played a lot of xbox since we got it so it seems to be i have played a whole bunch on the switch however and i have not noticed any lag on the switch so i'm not Same. sure exactly what um, it, it probably is, maybe the games it's i mean it's very possible the, the games, games that we're playing are simply not like that intensive in terms of response time. I, I think most games you would not notice this with yeah yeah um, and, um yeah but as but as far as like a universal remote i, I like it quite a bit because did you have one <laughs> because i don't because i don't like the apple tv remote did you very much. did you have a universal remote prior john and i did not have a universal See, remote before coming so. from the harmony it felt like a step backwards to me i don't know lex you had a harmony right yeah i had a harmony remote which i never used i didn't use the harmony okay. remote i just used the harmony for uh the echo integration okay uh, but with the Kava remote, I really do use it. And what I like about the Kava remote is that you can't mess it up if you use other remotes. <laughs> like it doesn't get uh, off stage. Like it, it doesn't not know what the modes are right. because it's yeah. actually detecting them. Where old universal remotes were like, okay, I now have to turn this thing, toggle this thing's power and toggle this input. And if you mess with other remotes, it did not know what state the things were in. <laughs> uh, and the Kava doesn't have that problem. I've, I've been really liking it. It's also intuitive enough that the kids can figure it out. Uh, both the on-screen interface and the uh, talking to it. I did have to figure out what the right 
syntax was to get it to switch to an input. Mm. And sometimes you get to have the fun moniker or the fun language of switch to the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is <laughs> the right way to say it. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I've re- really enjoying it. The one feature that I don't understand exactly is it's not the world's most ergonomically designed remote. It's not like incredibly intuitive. And so I think that's why they do this, but it still just weirds me out. If you put your finger over a button, yes. on like you touch the button, but don't press the button. Yeah. It indicates on the screen what button your finger is on. You can turn that, that off. That seems odd. You can turn that off. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out why it's there, though, because somebody thought that was a good well, idea. So what I guess you can do it in the dark. And some of the some of them look similar. I think also the advantage they're pointing out is that if you have it, depending on what it's mapped to for whatever device you're on, it will tell you what the function oh. of that button is on the device you're That's currently on, which yeah, makes right, sense right, right. because, you know, you could be using any of a variety of devices. But it is a little strange. I found the thing, something that bugged me, and this is like a total... I, I don't know if this is like just a, I think it's just a personal use case thing. But when I sometimes I, I put the remote on the coffee table and then like, oh, I want to pause something and I'll just reach out and tap the pause button to pause it without moving the remote. But the Cavo is very aggressive about putting the remote to sleep when you're not using it. Uh, it, it basically, I think because it probably has a fair amount of battery consumption. And so you need to like pick it up or move it to wake it before you can use that. And I found that very annoying because <laughs> like I would reach out to pause something and it would, like, wouldn't work. I'm like, oh, I've got to pick it up and pause it now. It's like that that feels like a bad interaction model. So I understand why they decided to do that, but it would be nice if there were an option to uh, to turn that off. I wouldn't mind, mind replacing the batteries or recharging it more frequently. Um, I do like that you can find the remote. That's oh, cool yes. One. How do you find the remote? So I only do I, it with the Echo. So there's two ways to do it. I did it with the Echo, and then I accidentally... So if you press the button on the Cavo, it turns everything off or on, I guess, but it also triggered the finding thing, because I like I turned, I turned was like, oh, I got to turn the TV off, and I happen to be standing there, so I'm like, I think this turns it off. So I, turn, I pressed the button, turned everything off, and then I had like... It took like a second. I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to this thing I was doing, and then it started like playing its little song... <laughs> And it freaked me out for a second because it, it like it also won't stop until you pick it up, which was a little <laughs> well, stop, just stop. It just wants to be held. I understand. It's it's Don't much, we all? much like all of us. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I've still got it hooked up. I'm not sure that it will. Uh, it will run the the test time. I really love my Harmony, and I I think that the Harmony remote. I I hate the software. I'm not a huge fan of Cavo's software. I felt their episode guide could have been organized better. And a lot of the stuff that's in there is stuff I don't give a shit about, like other people's lists of TV shows to watch. But, it, you know, it's it's fine. But yeah, I, I think if I had multiple set boxes, that would be a much bigger deal for me. Anyways, I, I it's an interesting okay. body. It's a lot better than their first version, which was a $400 wood panel <laughs> Sorry, guys. That <laughs> yeah. was no. That it's, was no, dumb. I think it's. I think it's pretty good. Uh, you know, I understand your your qualms about it, but um, for me, for me, it was a, an improvement over what I had. And the one thing that I thought was a little strange is that they don't have their own like app set up because I'm used to everything coming with like Netflix or whatever. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it seems like they they and maybe that's coming at some point, but um, well, it's not. They don't currently have their own. Like you know, if you're going to have that thing be your your gateway. Then it should probably have the basics. But that's so confusing then because it's not really a set top box. It's just a gateway to all of your other set top boxes. 
Yeah, that's... yeah, but it's hooked up right into the HDMI port. Oh, I mean, no, it, I you know, it might as well. Do I that. agree, but then the point is, you wouldn't need to even go to your other set top boxes. So, like, I like, yeah. I see what you're saying, but it like that's I think the fundamental tension in this product, right? Like, it is fundamentally an HDMI switch, and yeah. with like a secret sauce like of you know software layered in the middle there. So it's essentially trying to intercept and like put itself in the same way that like apple tv wants to like be your have your tv app that is your gateway to all the other services cop was like oh we can get a step a step above that by just like intercepting all your boxes (laughs) but like this is this is a problem i have with like yeah i mean because now i have i have uh, a roku tv I have the Cavo, and then I have the Apple TV, and then I have all these other things that are plugged into the Cavo, and several of those devices want to do the same thing right. for me. <laughs> and it's like, and and we all do, we you know, in the family, we use different, like, my default is usually to try and go to the Apple TV for the most part. Um, and depending on how, depending on how it is when I wake up the TV, like, cause sometimes if Karen is watching something, she'll watch it just on the Roku on the TV on Netflix. And if it's like, if Netflix is open, when I go there, I'm obviously not going to back out of it and go to the Apple TV, but it's just like, and it, you know, fortunately with, with Netflix, it'll recognize what you, right. you know, like if it doesn't, if Netflix doesn't give a crap what I'm watching. Sure. On. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, I, I, thank God for that. I mean, <laughs> I think that was my, my thing is I like, I simplified down to the Apple TV so that I wouldn't have to deal with the multiple, like also there's pretty much nothing I can't do on the Apple TV now, like in terms of content. Um, so Again, adding another... You know, if they shipped an Apple TV with a whole bunch of HDMI ports, I'd probably be done. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, for me, like, the Harmony solves that problem in a way that I find more transparent than the Cavo. Um, But I understand... I understand the like, oh, yeah, and also cases. yeah, and also I'd like a better remote. <laughs> well, I, just, uh, the Harmony is a much nicer remote than Apple. I, yeah, the Apple TV yeah. remote, we can all agree. Yeah, just right. Sucks. Nobody likes the Apple TV it's remote. A shitty, and yet they've been shipping this. Remote. They've been shipping basically the same remote for eight years or how long has it been? It's been a it's been a while, as Lex it's would say. It's been a while. <laughs> it's as, been a while. <laughs> okay, now we get everybody. I didn't know if I was supposed to or not, and I decided, okay. 